Tom Turbovich! Get ready for a Tommy Turbo Masterclass. Masterclass. Aimless Tuesday is here. And the boys are hard as a rock. Don't be a weak-gutted dog. Leave that for Jamin Salmon. Get, Get ready, ready for, for the, the best, best super coach, coach show on the, the planet. planet. It's so good, it's better than Lego. You're now listening to the Super Coach Experience Podcast. Here's your host, Brandon Savage. Brandon Savage. Hello and welcome back to the Super Coach Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Savage, the coach of the Dallas Tunkins. Supercoach is officially open. And yes, I've named my son the Dallas Tunkins. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. It's 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 not a slam dunk, but I feel like it might grow well, on me. You just hinted at something I think we could all we could um you said it's not a slam dunk. So I was thinking rather than what you came up with, maybe something like um Dallas Duncans. Or Slam Duncans. Slam Duncans. Yeah, Slam Duncans. Doesn't Duncans. matter. It's already named. Play on words. My name is the Dallas Tunkins, and I'm joined here by the 2021 champion in Tim Moody in the coach of the Vili Army. How are you, Timmy? Yeah, look, the Vili Army really sounds like a team that, you know, has great culture. Some, you know, something that, you know, players would want to come and join the side. I don't know about the Dallas Tunkins, mate. They sound like a bunch of pork chops to me. I kind of... I think the Jamin Salmons is a better one. They're both. Like, they both sound like um, they're very mid options, aren't they? Yeah, I don't know. It's all look like. Well, trust your gut, as we say in Supercoach, man. Like, go with the flow. So Supercoach is officially open, and you can now pick your teams. If you don't have gold, you can now pick your teams. And what an exciting time to be alive because it's like Christmas for every Supercoach. Forty days until the NRL season kicks off. I am so so excited. But first. We gotta address the elephant in the room. No KFC. Yeah, no KFC. So those um, track suits have just their stocks have just gone up massively. Um, How long have they been out for? So three, three, four years. The track suits were there. I believe 2020 was the first. So yeah, three years. Yeah, three years. Well, of 2020, suits. then 21, 22, 23. So four. So there is about 40. There's less than 50 track suits out there. And if you have your hand on one, then you are part of a prestigious club. You should you should have worn your tracksuit today, to be honest. Look, well, I don't want to uh, – if, if they're not going to sponsor this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's true. No, nah, look, no, nah, look, they, they did um, sort us out with 50K, so much love to KFC. Hopefully uh, whatever's going on now is just as uh, awesome. We'll get around that as well. Well, it's actually the first thing we looked at was to make sure the 50K (laughs) prize is still there. It is still there. Uh, No KFC. So they'll get a major sponsor on board. Uh, But what that means for for us at the Daily Telegraph, we don't know. Oh, jeez. Yeah. We don't don't know. So I guess we'll look into that. But today's episode is brought to you by Picklebet. Picklebet is one of Australia's best leading bookies. Once the NRL season kicks off, please use Picklebet. Use the code Turbo when signing up, but make sure to know what you're really gambling with. For free and confidential support, visit 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. We're back here, back home at DM Podcast Studio. We were back here last week, but through you audio listeners, probably had no idea we were here, but we're back. We're back home. Feels good, doesn't it? Yeah. 
Feels good to like it here. <laughs> All right. Um, our YouTube channel. Last week, we're on 1370 subscribers. We are on 1433 as we sit. So hopefully next week, we're aiming to be at 1500. And I think our goal for round one is 2000. So if you can hit that subscribe button on YouTube, that would be much appreciated. Supercoach, it's open, and there's some stats that we want to quickly go over before we go into the second row forward podcast. Um, I want to go over some ownership stats. So this is something we haven't been able to look at because it's just been behind closed doors, but now we can finally see the ownership stats, and it's interesting reading. Do, do you want to guess who the number one player is owned? Um, gee, that's a weird one to ask me straight up. Okay, it, I'm just going to go with, like, Sean Lane. It is Sean Lane. Well, <laughs> I haven't opened the app either, too. Uh, he's 43.2% owned, and we're going to talk about him very shortly. Mm. Nathan Cleary is number two at 42.3. Jaden mm. Braley is number three at 42%. Ethan Strange at 40.9. Nico Hines at 40.9. Kale Lyro, Kale Weeks, Taylor May, Kalen Ponga, Bronson Sherry out. Uh, outlined the top 10. So very interesting top 10. Uh, Nico Hines was by far the most... Uh, Owned player at the start of the day. People have wasted no time. Hey, what time did this launch this morning or something? Uh, so I woke up at four o'clock, and for some reason I looked at the app and yep. it was open. Um, and Question: Did you, the, the team picker is that gone, or is that like the stuff that you or is that all disappeared? Because I didn't no, take so, any screenshots. So if you picked a team within Team Picker, it transfers straight oh, over. Nice, yep. nice, nice. Well done to yep. Supercoach. Yeah, no, that. no, that's a nice little addition to the app. Um, but yeah, th- there's been many swings and I- I'm sure by the time anyone is probably listening to this, this will be uploaded straight after we record this, but I'm sure by the time majority of people listen to this, change a lot it's going to change so on. much. Yeah. So, like, yeah, Nico Hines was at 59% this morning, and it's com- it's changed completely. Like, I think a lot of people are just finding structures within their, within their side, and um, I think as you listen to the podcast and uh, as you get more information, it will change even more. I, I know... My team has changed significantly since we've done hookers, front row, and, and the 500k plus second rowers. So uh, it's great to see that, and um, I guess we'll make sure to include the ownership stats in everything we talk about, if, if it is relevant, that is. Um, awesome. Uh, before we jump into the second row forwards, yeah. our overall group. I don't code- reckon the just to cut you off. I don't reckon ownership stats will matter too much today. Just that it's open. No, definitely not today. Yeah, no. so I wouldn't be looking into. Oh, I'm not going to go with him because he's blah 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 blah. Yeah, it'll for sure. Um, our overall group code. Uh, you can now join twenty leagues, or you can join twenty overall groups. Or you can just like have ten and ten, or awesome, eighteen and two. We've always been struggling to like for a lot of us who like to get in head to head leagues or play cashies or got a lot of fun leagues or whatever. Can't play the fun leagues if you just want to play the cashies. Can't play the whatever. There's room for that now. Um, I'm not playing as much head to head this year. I just want to focus way more. And because I had my I split too much last year, so yeah. it's kind of annoying. I would have loved more cashies last year for but sure. Whatever, we'll go with the flow. Yeah, I've actually, I actually never fill up my overall group codes. Like, I, I, I join a couple of like if there's a good prize or something. Yeah, if there's a nice <laughs> little prize, or I just want to keep an eye on some people. Yeah, um, I, I like to join them, but uh, this is good for me. I can have more than ten. 
Uh, we do have an overall group code. The code is 281645. Prizes yet to be announced. I actually sent out last year's winner, um, Solomon. His wife, Tessa, won. So I sent you out a pri- uh, the ring the other day, and I, I put in an extra little prize there for you. So, um, Cheeky. <laughs> yeah, well, it took ages to send it. Mm. Um I don't know why. I just it was it was in my car every time, okay. and I just never had time to go to the post office. So I sent that the other day for you. You got a cheeky little Supercoach prize in there, which may or may not have a KFC logo on it or oh, not. Good. Yeah. <laughs> um, so second row forwards. This is the big episode, and considering Supercoach is open today. What a fitting episode to do these ones because these are the ones where everybody's going to be moving pieces to make sure they can get certain players. Um, I don't want to go through every single option because that'll just take us all day. Um, But the first person under 500K is Jordan Rickey. Do you have anything on him? I do. You do? So Not. I actually skipped him. The reason I did is I thought he'd be kind of – had a good feeling about him last year. Never had him. But, yeah, just don't think – I can't see him sort of at that price being worth it compared to the other guys that are much cheaper or the guys that are just a bit above him. So, yeah, I don't see him as much of a cash maker or whatever. So not for for me, not someone I really want to talk about. I 100% agree. Uh, He pretty much had – he pl- he played a full season last year, Nin- nineteen rounds. He was injured for a little bit, but he only averaged forty eight point eight. I think could be handy around Origin. I think that's all we sort of look at. It. If you if you are considering him though, I think there is a chance he shifts to the left. I've heard whispers that he shifts to the left to accommodate for Pierre Cora playing on the right, because uh, that left spot was taken up by Capewell. So maybe. Um, Maybe that just gives him that little bit more ball playing alongside Ezra Mam that maybe elevates him. But there's no stats that I can point out here that really is in favour of Jordan Rickey. Just because it just feels like um, he could develop though. He's early into his career or whatever, so we'll see how he goes. Hasn't been a great super coach option yet, but. Just- could be around the corner, just keep an eye out for him, but nothing yet. I wanted to bring up one person before we um, do skip further down that list. I, we didn't talk about him last week. He was a, he is a bit above that 500K. Um, Adam Elliott, just wanted to brush over him. So last year, minutes his minutes were all over the place. He um, had 16 games and six of them were un, uh, under 50 minutes. His PPM has pretty much always been like – one per point per minute, except for in 2021, um, he was at 0.73 and he was averaging 75 minutes in that year in 2021. All the other years, he's averaging more to 50 to 60 minutes. So what I've just sort of noted is if he does play more minutes uh, in lock this year, maybe that might be a drop in price. At first, I thought it looked like a great thing. But at the value, I think it's he's kind of at his value. But, yeah, I, originally when it first stood out, I was like, geez, this guy's a point per minute. If he gets better, better minutes here, this could be a thing. Yeah, but, I'm just looking at the scores here. High score of 75 for last year. Uh, averaged about 60, 50 to 60 minutes. Uh, high score of 75. Only went over 70 twice. I just think for the options that we're getting for yeah. a lot less – I think there's a lot more value there. But nonetheless, I think he he, he actually does have a ceiling. He just improved it last year. Um, and 
I think I just need to see more from you. He generally starts slow as well. He's always that type of guy that really picks up in the middle of the season as well. But I don't mind the shout. He's always been. Yeah, coach. I'm not saying I think he's, he's he's a great thing. I thought I just thought he was at first look, but just when I noticed in 2021 when the minutes went up from like 50 from 50 60 minutes up until 75 in 2021.75 minutes. PPM dropped massively, so I just thought that was something to note. So if he does play more minutes, likely th- that input doesn't stay there. There is one just a tick above 500,000 that we did touch on last week, but I want to just deep dive a little bit further into. Take away the 16 in round three, Dylan Lucas at 502,000. His average was 62.4. Um, his, average, his average at a 55 average with a small discount just because of the limited games. But take away that 16, he averages 62.4. So that's pretty much a uh, uh, 7.62, 55. So 7.4 discount you're getting for someone like Dylan Lucas. I I just think he's at that awkward-ish price too where he's kind there's cheaper, better options, I reckon. Yeah, and he's kind of... There are a lot of options at that price, and I think by the end of this episode, we'll kind of we'll go over which ones we think are the top three. Uh, Corey Waddell, four hundred ninety-two thousand uh, in eighty-minute games last year. He averaged fifty-seven. He's based at a forty-eight average. We think Josh Schuster will get that second row slot, but Schuster has injured his finger. And he's out for three to four weeks from training. So he'll be back in time for the preseason challenge. But it's v- it's a very interesting watch because Corey Waddell is based at a good price considering what he can do uh, as an 80-minute back rower. But the question is, if Schuster is there for round one, at least on the bench, what role does he get? I think Corey Waddell is more of a watch to hopefully he gets a bit bit of a discount and we can downgrade one of these. Yeah, I can't see him being high ownership and a good thing to start. It's a good addition. I, I, I don't like him. You don't like him? No. No. Okay, cool. Anyone next? Have you got anyone? Um, I guess next on the list is Hill and Lukey. It, with him... He he's got um, PPM two thousand twenty one one point oh six in thirty eight minutes point nine four in forty six minutes in two thousand twenty two and point nine nine in two thousand twenty three in forty seven minutes. Nanai with the other second role with Luciano on the bench. I just see him, the minutes being an issue there and. Although I think he's a great second rower and a good option, I just worried about the minutes. So for me, I'm easy issue. I feel like Luciano starts over him, and he comes yeah, off the bench. Yeah, yeah. Luciano. So Luciano was one of their their most consistent back rower last year. So there's no chance he, he doesn't start. That was because the other two, but weren't around for a lot of the yeah, games but too. Who, who are you going to put in that position this year? I reckon they'll. I reckon they'll start with Luki and so? Nanai if they're both fit. Yeah. Well, if that's the case, minutes are an issue, but. I've got here that in 55 minutes get 55 minutes or above, Lukey, he played five times, 55 minutes or above. He averaged 80.7. So wow. when the minutes are there, with, mm. a, with a high score of 121, so he's got that ceiling. We know he's got that ceiling. Mm. 471,000. If the minutes are there, Lukey is someone I think you've got to jump on, and it's not someone I think you rush to get into your side before round one, but... 
if we come to Tingless Tuesday and there's not a second second rower on the bench and he is a second role that is named, then I think I think he's I wouldn't say a must-have because I hate saying that word, and I've said it already a couple of times this season. But he's as good a mid-ranger as it gets. Yeah, I think you don't need to know that he has that role, though, and it not be because of like just a injury-affected game here or there or something like that. But yeah, I can't imagine him playing. He could go close to. He could go closer to fifty, but. Yeah, the the issue is they've got Luciano, they've got Nanai, they've got Finny Fuyaki, mm. and two of them back rollers could play on the bench. And if that's the case, then he he is someone you definitely watch because if he's if he's losing value because of the minutes he's getting, then he's definitely someone you got to jump on as soon as as soon as things get nice and good. Um, Helam Luki, all right. I'll let you kick this one off yeah. because nice little uh, play on words, a little uh, pun there. Kick this off for Viliami Kikau. Um, yeah, look, firstly, I'll... I want you to let me know whether you think he's a good buy or not. We can only have six, and I don't know that he might be in the best oh. six. Comp- Does that hurt? If, if you were going to go with six middies, I reckon he might be in the six best middies. But if you're going to go with one gun, I can I think I can find five other guys that's better, but I'm probably going to still go with him and give him his, you know, his, earn, his earning spot on my side. Um, so, look, I'll go over a few of the stats. It's uh, – so last year was really off for him. Like, it was a 46-point average, whereas – the last previous years, 2022, 65, year before, 59, 2020, 61, uh, 2019, 58, and eight, 2018, 61-point average. He's, he only had one try in nine minutes. His try percentage was hugely down. I think that just not being able to get consistency on the field himself and settle into a new team, I think the dog struggled to be – use him correctly in those games that they did have him just because they hadn't had a lot of practice in game with him. Uh, I think he's going to improve on a 46-point average, so I think I can justify at least starting with him. I don't see him making massive money. Like last last year he played rounds um, 1, 2, 3, 4 and 22 24, 25, 26. Like, so it was a massive gap in the in the middle of the year. Yeah, so look, I, I, I can understand why people don't want him. There are way better sort of juicier options. It, he really does rely on attack. So, yeah, I, I'd probably encourage people to pick some of the other options unless you're a diehard fan of him like me. Yeah, so I, I think at the price it's really awkward. Four hundred sixty-eight thousand. If he was on the lowest side of that, even higher three fifties. It was like that at the Panthers. You'd pick him, but I just yeah. don't know the dogs have worked um, him out yet. He's based on a forty-five point nine average, and don't get me wrong, there's value there. Mm. There's there's value there, but. I don't know how much value there is. So in 2022, he scored nine tries and had 10 try assists for an average of 65.3. You take that all out, 
his average is 52 without that. And that's not taking out line breaks and line break assists with the try assists and things like that. So if if the attack's not there for him and or they don't complete the tries or whatever, then that's a 52 average. Mm. That's still with attacking stats. So I could could have dug even further and gone, taken away the line breaks and stuff. But there will be tries. There will be try assists there. But... I think it's somewhere in between. So a 52 average is probably reasonable for him. But if he does have a really good year, then we can see him exceed that. The thing I'm worried about is the Bulldogs are still finding their feet. They don't, I don't think they're concentrating on how to use kick out. I think they're concentrating on how to, how to use everybody yeah. and get the best out of everybody for now. I think there will come a time where they realize kick out. They've got kick out on their left edge. There's got to be a good way we can use it. I think he'll have like a, a game where he goes well, scores a try. There'll be games where he, you know, lets a couple of games where he lets me down, where he's, you know, doesn't have as much base as other forwards and, yeah, lets me down a bit there. But we'll see what happens. I'm going to start. Can't, can't go terribly. Yeah. Uh, and in 2021, nine tries and three tries for 59 average. Uh, without them, that's 51 average. So I think based on a 50 to 51 average, uh, 50 to 52 average is where you can peg him. But it, that's... Yeah, a, that, up, up from last year, but not as much at the, as yeah, the Panthers. Yeah, it's six, it's six points value. But with that value, there's also these other guys who are potentially up to 15, 20 points value. Yeah, so next guy, let's skip go over to the next guy. I know you're not that keen on him, I think I heard you say in a chat. He's in a lot of teams, this guy. Yeah, well, he's probably, when I've gone through it, I, I think he was probably my favourite of the picks. I've never owned Bo Fermore, never been a Bo Fermore guy, kind of seen him as like a Tiki wilton sort of player. I've never owned those sorts of guys, but everyone sort of gets interested in them and I feel a bit silly not seeing what I'm seeing. But, yeah, last year... Um, no games, ACL. In 2022, he had 23 games, 65-point average. He's got a 48.65 base. He had 11 tries. If he's outside Foz on the left, it's a slam dunk for me. Yep. Um, and probably one of the better buyers. Um, so that's 2023, 22-65-point uh, average. Was He was playing 80-minute games on average as well. 2021, he was 46-point average, but he was he was only playing 64. So I think he probably is an 80-minute uh, guy. Uh, yeah, I think we can agree he's an 80-minute guy because Joe Stimson was there in place of Bo Fermor. Didn't really set the world on fire. There was Cleese Haas that came in and out, but I think that is Bo Fermor's spot. Mm. Yeah, so for me, I just thought looking at him, 65-point average, high base, he's a, he's, he's – He's a good. He's a good thing. I can't see it being bad. I think I'll take him on if he's on the right. Even I like a lot of these other options that we're talking about. Um, I do prefer him over Kickout, just because I think. Yeah, so do I. Just because I think you know what you're going to get out of him potentially. My worry is if he is shifted to the right side. If he's if he's put on the left side, I think there's definitely value there, but. In 2022, played on the left side, averaged 65.4, 11 tries and four try assists. That's an average of 52.87 without without them. Um, less ball on the right side. So Joe Stimson last year only scored two tries and averaged five hit-ups a game. Fermor 
in his 2022 season averaged 17 points a game in hit-ups, whereas Stimson only averaged less than 10 points in hit-ups. On the same side? On the on the right side. Yeah. No, on the right side. So Stimson played on the right last year, mm. and I know Stimson is probably more of a defensive back rower, so we can assume that Firma is probably going to get a little bit more ball, but I'm basing this off... He's good, Firmo. Like, when he's close to the line, I remember, like, watching him a lot when I've had Fafita and thinking it was Fafita. Just their body shape sort of looks really big and bulky and they're just sort of rangy. He's not as good as Fafita, but I think he's a really, really good line runner close to the line. He loves loves scoring tries, so. He is. And, like, if you were Desi, the ship coach had off – what would you do? Like, who would you put on either side? Personally, I'd... I'd I, just keep Fafita doing good things. I would keep yeah. Fafita on the left, but I think you've definitely got to heavily consider putting Firma on the left because they've got that stacked up left side. Yeah, if you think he can, like, put him into mad holes and he can do the job that Fafita's doing anyway sort of thing, but then Fafita can create his own sort of stuff on the other side and sort of not rely on needing someone to put him through as yeah. much and sort of still be ruthless going from dummy half or sort of just hitting the line when they go out the back or whatever. I'd probably think that could work, but I'd, I'd still just stick with what's really worked with Fafita on the left last year. Yeah, I just Don't think, upset him. I just think if he had the season he had last year as a damaging ball-running second rower... You'd stu- you'd consider it, but the fact he had that season and one of his best plays was that cutout ball to Khan Pierre. Yeah, yeah, I don't think mad. you can take that away yeah, exactly. from him. So yeah, that was- the, the fact that Fermor can play right, I think he will play right, and I think that's going to be a detriment to him. I think we've got a lot of mid-price second rowers that are much better than Fermor at the price. Um there's so many in this category. Like there, there's dry arrow here that I was pretty much going to skip over unless you've you've got something yeah, on him. I've got some notes on him, but the thing is, I like more because I think it's going to affect Talis Duncan, who you're sort of really keen. You're going to start with him, but yeah, I, I reckon I probably won't start with Talis Duncan. Oh. He, yeah, I, I might downgrade one of these other guys that don't work out once he does sort of get that low be that you need to sort of bring him in. Yep, but. Yeah, Joy Arrow points down last year, um, 40 point, 45 point average. Um, points were down in minutes, were also down, average of 50 minutes. 2022, he was averaging 70 minutes um, and 55 points, so playing an extra 20 minutes. He did play on the edge in 2022, so okay, yep. um, I think he, he was having a split between starting on the edge and then moving into the middle. I don't know if we see that happen this year. I think he definitely plays in the middle this year. But it, from what I'm hearing, Talis Duncan will start on the edge. But I also have heard a few whispers lately that Arrow potentially on the edge. Um, they've also got... Yeah, I think he'll play... That's why I reckon Talis Duncan come yeah. off the bench. So and if that's, a ca- if that's the case, I don't think Talis Duncan is as good a purchase yeah. as... I think he's going to be now, but for now, I'm just going It seems like a big responsibility just to start the year with him. I know he's had a bit of runs under his belt, but I don't know. I feel like the Rabbitohs just need to get their best 17 on the field. I I honestly think he is in their best 17. Yeah, he looks like he's going to be a great young player, but yeah, I just think letting him develop naturally a little bit more time off the bench wouldn't hurt him. Um, Yep. Sue Wong, 462,000. 
I think we can group Angus Crichton, Satili Tupanu, and Angus Butcher in this same conversation because probably only one of them get a spot, not any two of them. I think Butcher's got that left side, yeah. but with Sewell Wong, he is the front runner. Two 80 minute games uh, in the regular season for an average of 56. He's got a 51 and 54 minute game for 76 and 49 points. So when the minutes are there, he is 16k cheaper than Kickow. And I think he's got a lot more to offer. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you. Um, what have I got here? So his first three games, he played under 26 minutes. And then round 23 to 27, and that, he played five games for scores of 58 in 80 minutes, 39 in 46 minutes, 76, which is nice, in 51 minutes, 54 in 80 minutes, 49 in 54 minutes. So he's probably going to... Get spelled by either Angus or Satili. One of those will come off the bench, I'd say, for him and at some point. Um, or, or do you think they, they go on the left and Butcher moves into the middle? I think they don't need much in their middle rotation. Like they've got Spencer Linu coming to the club. They've got Terrell May, who, play, who we're hoping plays big minutes off the bench. Jesus, there's bloody hair on this microphone um yeah there's terrell may who we hope has big minutes off the bench there's connor watson yeah who's going to take minutes up in that middle section um yeah i I don't know if there is 80 minutes there for whoever gets that right edge spot yeah i think i'll definitely take whoever does get picked in it but i'm just nervous with this pick that it might not last, like they might sort of put Sewer Wong in there for three games and then, I don't know, Satili just gets a go randomly, you know what I mean? And yeah. like they're trying to, like, I'd like to see them stick with something and have something solid there, but I just get the vibe that they might sort of rotate it in and out a bit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, definitely sh- going to start with whoever they pick the Roosters there. For sure. Uh and obviously, if Angus or Satili get the spot, if Satili gets the spot, are you a bit more standoffish? Like, because he's the a cheapest bit, op- yeah. option. He's three hundred ninety-eight thousand, but coming off an ACL, I know he already came back last year, but he just seems like if he doesn't get eighty minutes, he's not going to be a guy we want to keep in our side. Yeah, he was a gun when he was like playing fit years prior. He was really good option for Super Coach, so. Um, I'd, I think I'd be happy enough to have him, but I'd, I'd be more nervous that he would, if he did start, one of the other guys yeah. would come in and replace him in coming weeks. So, But I remember I had Satili and he was playing 80 minutes every week. Angus was on the left. And actually, no, this year, for some reason, they switched sides and Angus was on the right. Satili was on the left and it was all it was all a massive mm. screw around. Satili was getting like 30s playing 80 minutes. So I, I think the fact that if he gets picked, I don't think I'm going to go near him considering there's all these other options. Like I do prefer Firma at that price because at least you know you're going to get at least 50. Mm. But um, with – and I'd even pay up for Dylan Lucas instead. I guess it will come down to like once TLT does land, how many of these mid-rangers are available, then just you might say, nah, not interested now, but if – you know, tell us Duncan's name to come off the bench and he's starting, then maybe you would pick him over here. Yeah. The good thing is someone like Talis Duncan, he is named in round zero. So if he is named, you you can kind of figure it out before yeah. that. And the Roosters players are named in round zero as well. 
the tricky thing is will be working around these other players. Um, Do you reckon they could like rest whoever they play in the the first round of the forwards and just play one of the other guys that's a bit fresher? It's a possibility, but pretty much how the NRLs worked it out. So they'll play that round zero, then they'll get a week off. Okay, and then. They play on the Sunday, and they play each like other. They play they each get? other. Um, whoever they didn't play yeah. in Las Vegas over yeah. the next two weeks, so, so everybody. Sort of yeah. So that they'll pretty much be in similar positions, and I I don't think they will rest. But considering there's so many options, there's potential it could happen. Like they might want to get some kilometers in the legs with some of these guys. Sean Lane is, as we said, he is the most owned player, and by most owned. I should have prefaced this with only 4,500 people own him. Mm-hmm. So that's just how many people are on the app at the moment. 43% is 4,500. So not even 10,000 people have signed up to Supercoach. So if you're listening and you're not signed up to Supercoach, sign up and get them numbers up so we can get more true reflection of what these stats are. But Sean Lane, I think he's by far top three sh- uh, of these mid-range options. Mm. I'm not sure if he's number one because I do feel like 2022 was an absolute standout year for him. I think he can get close to that, and I think he's had a lot of potential for a long time. He was uh, 68.8 average in 2022. He's priced at a 42 average, so there's like 26 points between what he what we got last year and his best. I think he lands somewhere in between at least – and playing alongside Dylan Brown, who is one of the better 5.8s at squaring up defenders and getting this back row over, mm. I think he is a great purchase. But I know something's telling me he's not the number one mid-price op- option. What are your thoughts? Um, I've just got like – I think he's probably in the top three. Yeah, oh, for options. sure. Yeah. Um, and, and also like job security. So it doesn't really matter whether it's a, it's a top option or not, as long as he's a starter – yeah, in your side, I'd be starting him. You know, you'd play him. I think compared Remember? to these other guys, we know he's going to play eighty minutes. Yeah, so I've got last year. I looked at his stats and were pretty similar to Kickout. Like they played similar amount of games. They both only played one try. Uh, scored one try. They both had the same average and similar in base and everything as well. So um, one other weird thing I sort of brought looked at with um, Sean Lane is his tries. Like, so I thought of him as being a massive try scorer, like crossing a fair bit for a second rower, but it seemed he scored like nine tries in 2018, which was a massive – 2018, yet, which was a massive outlier for him. But then he's only had one try in a um, 10-round game last season. And then two tries the year before, five tries the year before – Two tries year before that, and then four tries year prior. So I thought I always felt like he was scoring seven, eight tries over a sort of twenty-five round season. In my mind, I just in my mind that's what I pictured him as. But um, he's a try scorer, and he's also got that ability to peek through the line and have that offload that sets up a line break mm. that pretty much sets up a try. The, the, um, the best thing about him, I think, is just the. Dylan Brown factor, so yep. I really have a good feeling about Dylan Brown. So I think that'll you know go hand in hand together. I reckon he um, will return to sort of a fifty-five to sixty point average this year. So I'm 
pretty keen on him. Yeah. Um, I've got in 2020, just to sort of show how, like, it wasn't, you did point out it was a good year for him. I think that was his highest averaging year, 60, 68-ish, 69-point average. He's had um, 50s and 60s other than that averaging, so it's not like it's too much higher. But 2022, huge scores, 83, 88, 82, 91, 98, 72, 91, 83, 104, 85, 105. These are all in one season, not consecutively, but you'll take that. And considering if you started with him for the year, you could probably hold him there until the origin period because he's someone we pick up. You pick up a quite a fair few of those big scores if they are going well. I think it's pretty close to a slam dunk to start yeah, with. Yeah, I definitely think it is a slam dunk, and he, he is someone that – a lot of teams just uh, – he's n- number one own player for a reason. And, yeah, I, I like him. Uh, next player we're going to talk about, 445,000, Sean Bloor goes over to the Melbourne Storm. Um, there's a lot to like about Sean Bloor in the 80-minute performances he had last year. Oh, let's even go closer to 60. So 58 minutes for 60 points, 54 minutes for 25 points. So he does have a low one in him. 72 and 80 minutes for 50 and 92. Uh, he had a th- – 30-minute performance for 76, 80-minute um, performance for 54, 31-minute performance for 74, and he had an 80-minute performance for 25. So he does have a 25 in him. Mm. Uh, I think a lot of these um, youngsters do. But he goes over to Melbourne. Uh, we know when players with lo- a lot of promise go to Melbourne, we're all over it. We love that type of player who has a lot of promise, and, and we just know that we're going to get the best out of them going to Melbourne my issue with Sean Bloor is I think he showed a lot last year. He showed a lot in his debut year, but it kind of took him a while with injuries and all that sort of stuff to get going. But I think last year we saw that the type of player he can be. Like when he came onto the scene and he was up against Nathan Brown, I was like, okay, this guy's maybe not going to be a super coach player. He's just going to be that guy that ruffles feathers. But last year we saw that super coach ability. So the fact that that's happened has made me really interested in him because in seasons previous, there's been all the talk, but never delivered. So mm. in my mind, he was just a guy a lot of people were talking about, but I didn't think had the super coach kind of game. But since last year happened, I am very intrigued. And now that he goes to the Melbourne Storm, my gut feeling is he starts on the bench. Um, Trent Liero is the perfect type of Bellamy player that Bellamy would just keep there for 80 minutes every mm. week. Elias Akatoa is that 80-minute player every week. I think he will be in that middle rotation, and that's just my gut feel. I've seen no reports on this. I've tried to look for it, and it just hasn't happened. He's come into, the pre- uh, into Melbourne's preseason quite late, so it feels like the type of guy Bellamy is going to start off the bench or if not get minutes in reserve grade early on and then kind of blood him in later on when injury occurs. Um, That's just my feel. But if he is in the starting side, starting at 13 in round one, then he is someone I'm going to consider heavily, but I just can't do it just yet. You think that he'd start at lock? I reckon they'd have Joshy... King there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so too. Yeah. So that uh, that's why I said he, I, I think he's, he's going to go mad. Dark is having a mad season, just like Eli Katoa. Just reckon they'll have a similar sort of attack. You know, um, I, I can sort of see him starting with Liero too, just like you said, with a bit of balance, having like the sort of 
potent attack sort of of Katoa on the right and then sort of Liero just to shore up, you know, sort of the defence a bit more... Um, yeah, a bit more meat and potatoes sort of thing, but maybe a bit more safe. Um, but if he does start, um, I think he's a guy I'm definitely going to want to have. Uh, what have we got on notes on him? Two, three games in his career. He's had 21 off the bench, 12 games he started at Mate, no row. one gives a shit about your notes because you're reading them out. You're not taking them in and okay. saying them. You're just reading them okay, out. Okay, sorry. I'm not a very good reader. It's, it's hard for me to sort of, yeah, take it out. Yeah, you got to have emotion into your reading. Okay, sorry. Yeah. But they're Thanks good for the stats. criticism. No, no, they're good stats. They're good stats. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to jerk myself off over. I'm just sort of going through them. But yeah, okay. Yeah. Move on. Oh, I've made it really awkward now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have anything more on him? Um. Because the next guy we're going to move on. Not he- particularly. Just that you know, just that the fact that he's had the raps and he hasn't sh- hasn't developed yet. But you know, going yeah. to that club, it'll come out. So I'm all for it. Oh, well, the next guy we're going to speak about is a very popular option. Yeah, four hundred twenty-six thousand. Not in your side either. Not in my side. Uh, Brendan Picura. Uh, I'm a massive fan of him. Yeah. He is the type of super coach player who, I uh, compared to the other guys, I think this guy does get eighty minutes on the edge as well. Uh, in any game he played more than 65 minutes, he averaged 59.6. So that's pretty good. He's mm. based on about a 40-odd average. So that pins him at about 60. So that's about 15-plus points value in what we're going to get from Pierre Kura if he performs. He's had a lot of promise, like Sean Bloor, for a long time, and he hasn't quite delivered. Like, he, he was touted the next superstar, the next superstar back row. And for a long time, he got his opportunity, didn't quite show it. But I think last year we saw glimpses. And I'm not st- – well, I don't he, ha- he only had – he said he had 12 career games, 10 of them were last year. He only played one game yeah. the year prior and one year before. It's hard to really sort of – For sure. But I think take when a chance. I, I think when a lot of people – myself included, um, we're harsh critics. And if if you see him come off a bench and you don't really see much, you kind of – I mean, you don't write him off straight away. But yeah, I think but I wasn't like, overly oh, impressed. I wish I saw more. Yeah, I wasn't overly impressed with, like, any sort of particular eye test that really stood out, anything that looked, you know, well, look at this guy go. But, yeah, there is massive, massive raps on him. I think he's a solid footballer. Like, he's got all of that – Defense, he knows what he's doing out there. I think the attack will come. He he had fourteen tries in twenty six games in Queensland Cup, so that was over. Now that's a deep dive. That's that's Thank a you. stat we want to hear. Yeah, yeah. So that's not bad, but now that's Queensland Cup. So that's Queensland Cup. So let's let's say he does a third of that, like that. Four I don't know how Trent would translate, but yeah, there's potential there. But yeah, I did, didn't see it. Like yeah, I don't think the I Maybe he was given a different role, though, to play. Yeah. I think he's got the ability, though, and the fact that he's a lot cheaper than most of these other guys, I really like. Um, 426000 I think with these other guys, we're going off how they've performed in the past, whereas this guy, this guy could be a future gun. This guy could be someone we're talking about in our sides every single preseason. 
And seems like it's his role without much competition, really. Yeah, too, for so. sure. But that could also be a bad thing because if there's no competition for spot, will he get complacent? He's just signed a new deal. Kurt Capewell's left the club. So there's a lot that is positive and negative. But for the price, I think he's one of the better mid-range options considering he's not far above 400,000. sort of hitting the ground running, not with like hot like ceiling scores, but he'll have good base and he'll be someone that'll make enough money and be someone we'll be happy to play. Um, it's his role now, so you know what I mean? It wasn't like he was just sort of filling in while someone wasn't there and sort of yeah. feeling like he was didn't want to step on anyone's toes. It's his role now. He'll have a job to do and I can he'll shine. Josh Curran, 421,000. Uh, in games over 60 minutes, he averaged 64.2. Uh the year before, 59.83. He is priced at a 41.3 average. What role does he play at the Bulldogs? We don't know, but they are struggling for middles. And if he gets named to start at 13, I think he's one of the better options. Yeah, I've really seen him playing at 13. As long as like kick out and Preston are fit, Preston really sort of owned that spot and proved he's a, a really good player um, as a starting player, so I'm all for him being there. I reckon Curran's their best option. At 13 for sure. Yeah, and I reckon he's one of the better, probably in the top three For, for mid-range options. Yeah. I think going off this at the moment, it's, it's oh, He's got Wong. upside, that guy. Yeah, Sue Wong, Sean Lane, Josh Curran and Pierre Cora are top four for me, easily. Um, but with Josh Curran, a lot of these like 64 average in games over 65 minutes last year. A lot of this was rotating between the edge as well. So I think that is my only worry is will the tries dry up and we're going to be relying on his base stats? It's something you definitely got to consider. I've gone over here. Um, he's got starting at lock. He's had eight games, um, 64 point average and averaging 70 minutes. He, he that his average is more at lock than he does at second row. He's had twenty nine games at second row, averaging sixty seven, and just a little bit less. Oh, sorry, averaging fifty eight, and the minutes just dropped by three. So I'm I'm confident he he's a he's a strong worker through the middle. Yeah, I'm all for him. So do you want to see hear his base stats here from last year? So fifty seven minutes, he based thirty eight. In 80 minutes against Newcastle, he based 64. In 73 minutes, he based 48. In 70 minutes against the Roosters, he based 49. Mm. 80 minutes against the Bulldogs, based 41. 66 minutes, based 32. There's something about him that's just like a super coach player. As soon as he started yeah. playing like, and he was a cheapie or whatever, it was just like this guy could be yeah. a thing forever. Uh, the last two games, he played 80 minutes, 53 and 56 in base. On the edge, though, so there's going to be a lot more work there, and he's basing pretty good, considering he was playing on the edge. He's going to be playing in the middle, getting getting in a lot more dirty, dirty stuff. So, um, if he plays at least fifty five minutes, there's value there. Yeah, I'll be starting with him. I'm starting with him for sure. Are you playing him in your round one side at this stage? Yeah, me too. Um. Had a lot of questions about Fanil Pole. Yeah, a lot of people said, "Oh, what about him? Sleeping on him?" I've sort of seen that in different things on Twitter and stuff as well. Yeah, I haven't written anything down. I've got a couple of things for Pole. Um, so I've got he's a jewel, so that's awesome. Um, likely to start at lock for the Tigers. 
Last year, he averaged 41 in 49 minutes. He's had 32 career games and 18 starting at lock, which I thought, well, that's surprising. I didn't know he had that many. And then the 18 games he started at lock, he's averaged 42, and they've been um, in over 55-minute games too. So, yeah. so he not aver- for me. He averaged 41.2 last year, but uh, one thing to note, in the last five games last year, his minutes – the uptick in minutes was significant. Yeah, if he goes to sixty-five um, minutes, then yeah. But yeah, so but this is late in the season when forwards are pretty much at their peak. They're either banged up completely or they're as fit as they've ever been for the season. So mm. sixty-two minutes against the Warriors, 45. 41 minutes against oh, the Warriors, thirty-two. Fifty-three minutes against the Dolphins, sixty-four. Sixty-one minutes versus the Roosters, forty-nine, and fifty-two minutes. Against Manly, 41. One thing to note with the Manly performance, they got slaughtered by Manly. So 41 is pretty good considering they got 50 put on them and they were pretty much waiting for goal to be kicked every time. So Fanul Pole is a decent option. I'd love to see how that bench pans out. I think it's really um, underwhelming. It's vanilla. I don't feel like it's going to make much money. I don't feel like you'd be that confident in playing him. It'd be, he had You're going up against someone playing with Pole in their side. would be like, all right, sweet. Not, not for me. All right. Unless, when, as I said, if he's 65 consistently, then probably his value there, but it's still a bit boring. Yeah. Uh, we're now to the cheapy side of things, under 400K. I've got Connor Watson here. Um, 374,000. We'll play that 14 role. My thoughts are he probably plays 20 minutes at hooker, 20 or 30 minutes at lock. Uh, in 50 minutes in 2022, he base 50 points. He's at about a 38 average at the moment. Mm. So there's value there. It's just whether you want to take a risk on someone who's playing off a bench. Mm. It could be it could be all right. It, I think it'll be all right. It'll be a nice little money maker, but... Is he, he's a dual hooker? I think he's just second row. Okay. Let me just double check that. But what are your thoughts? Mm. Could be more exciting. I didn't put, put any notes down. He wasn't someone I was Sorry, interested se- in. second row hooker. Yeah. That jewel's a little bit handy. One of your hookers don't work out and he's going all right. You move that up. Shift him up there. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like I probably want to pick guys that are going to start. I've never been a big fan of guys coming off the bench, even when, like, even like a Madison who does well and scores consistently well. Uh, Not starting the game. He was getting 90 every week. Uh, What was two seasons ago? Yeah. And I still. I just couldn't do it because yeah. he was coming off the bench. Yeah. Just because there's so much unknown. Like, if anything happens, if something happens, like he's more likely to go on the field, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, but yeah. but it's just a subconscious thing. I think eventually we will need to shift away from that because the better super coach players will get the points. But if they're a better super coach player, don't you think they'd be more trusted starting on the field? Mm. Like. If their security is good, that that's just my thoughts. I think it's just in a matter of Parramatta and Maddo's role. It's just sort of he comes on and offers something a little bit yeah. different while the forwards are a bit tired and stuff. So. Keenan Palacia, 365,000. We talked about him the other week. Yeah, I, th- I think I'm off him now. You're off him? Yeah, I think I am. I've got, what do I do? Because I liked him when you, you talked me into him, but I just don't think I've got the room in my, my prop. I've There's still a couple of better guys I'd want in my prop that I've had to leave out. 
and then trying to fit him into second row. I just can't. He's in my second row. He's my yeah, last. I can't sec- fit it in. He's my last second row spot. So we talked about him the other week. He started the season last year with um, 32, 12, 21, 22, 27, 23 minutes. Mm. And then he uptick laid in the season to above 45 minutes every week. So um, he's massively discounted based on having that run of games where he had limited minutes early on. And I – don't get me wrong, I don't think he's a slam dunk, mm. but he needs to start for me for me to want him in my side because there's – there's every chance that Aaron Clark starts at 13, Tino starts at prop, and Fodder Waker starts at prop, and he comes off the bench. My hope is Tino starts at lock, and Palacia and Fodder Waker start at prop. The more I look at it, it kind of looks kind of nice, but I think the point you make is if he comes off the bench, no good. So what I've got here is 29 games off the bench, uh, averaging 30 minutes coming off the bench, and his average points are 26. So that that's that's no good if, he, if that's the sort of role he's going to play. When he's started at prop, he's averaged fifty-two minutes for forty-four point average. We'll take that. Um, and then you know when he's ever played at second row or lock, it's in the forties as well. So. Yeah, he's based on a thirty-six average though. So um, yeah, based on based on how we've been talking about things, Don't think there's the not there. heaps of value there, yeah. but. Um, they're still like at the price. I think we're just desperate to find those yeah. jewels. Someone at front row for sure. Um, there's Hold a couple. On. I un- think the figures I was just reading here, it's the wrong guy actually. <laughs> that was, yeah, no, that's him. That's him. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. There's Keep a couple unknown options here in Morgan Smithies and Kai Pierce Paul. I've heard a lot about Morgan Smithies and with Corey Horsburgh injured, uh, suspended early on, is he someone? Is he someone? Well, it could be a bit of a trap, couldn't it? Because he yeah. could play three but, games and then... But if he's going to play early on, I've heard that he just runs and tackles all day. So yeah. that's super, super coach friendly. When I heard that at first, my first thought was Jermaine Hopgood. I thought, imagine if he's that, like this year's Jermaine Hopgood. But then I heard he doesn't have the offload or attack in him um, that um, Hopgood does. So I thought, well, maybe not as good. Um, so... 114 games for Wigan. He's only scored two tries, so that's a bit. I don't know if that's. Yeah. On, that, I don't know if that's on par for locks. I think most locks probably still score a bit more than that. That's Aiden Tolman esque. Yeah, I think based on that, we kind of want. I think I will. It, I'm probably not going to start with him, and then if something's delayed, like horses de- um, returns delayed, or one of the other forwards say get re- say one of the props get. Injured in the first three rounds, and um, Horsburgh ends up going to prop or something, and then Smitty's, we know he's probably got that role or something like that. Then I'll downgrade to Smitty's, but I can't see me starting with him. I think he'll probably be super relevant, though, at some point. It might be very early on, but I just think I'll start with others because of not being able to fit them all in and play my cards that way. He's definitely an interesting watch. There's Kai Pierce Paul as well, who. I'd, I haven't heard of that I, one. Yeah, what's, I'd, what's going on with uh, him? Newcastle. So he could take minutes off Elliot. Um, could start on the edge. What price he, is he's, he? He's an English guy, 345. Yeah. So it's, it's like they've got all the English guys over and they're like, you're 345 because <laughs> they're exactly the same price. Um, Talis Duncan. Let's talk about him. So I've got some stats here on him. Mm-hmm. Uh 
didn't play above 40 minutes, still average 35. So if the minutes are there, there's an average to be had. I, and I test. I've There's no stats here saying that he's going to break out. There's a lot of value there, but... I reckon he's going to have a mad year. I think he's a mad player. Just from watching him last year, as you, you know, everyone's compared him to Cam Murray. Um, he, he's, he's got a mad look at footy head on him. Like, looks like it, he looks the deal. Yeah. Um, mad footy name too. Yeah. And that that line break he had last year was really sweet. I think he's going to be... <laughs> that one line break. <laughs> I think he's going to... He didn't have much. He didn't have many games. So, seven games off the bench. Average 35 points. I reckon until, like, there's injuries in the side and he gets more of a role... He could just sort of be a slow burn. Yeah. Which is fine. You can probably have him there slow burning and just sitting there. You might not play him each week. If he's scoring 35 points most week, he's probably not going to go much up. Yep. So, but he's probably not going to score any less than that either. So it's. Good thing is, he is playing round zero. So we'll know whether he starts or comes off the bench or doesn't get named at all. So um, that's a good thing to watch. Um, next person down, Kobe Hetherington, 298,000. Is priced on a 29 average. He averaged 38 in games over 40 minutes. So just based on that, there's nine points value. That's if he does get a starting position, whether Carrigan shifts up to front row and he goes to lock or Kobe just goes straight into the front row. I don't love it. I think he's more of he's just a tackling guy. I, I want to get someone in who has the ability to score a try, but um, I think we've definitely got to look at options like this. Mm. I really struggled to find any uh, potential options around this sort of three to two hundred k. I'm not aware of anyone that's overly presented. Yeah, I don't know if you've got many more. Um, guys. There's Liam Knight at three thirty. Did we talk about him in front row? We talked about him in the yeah, questions. I don't think I'd um, I think we came to the conclusion that Liam Knight has. Average no higher than 36. Um, in 2020, he averaged 46. So his peak is 46. And this is, yeah, uh, Liam Knight's just not a super coach player, in my opinion. I'm happy to be proven wrong. Like, I will bite my. I'm not just saying yeah, I'm no, not getting I'm, him. Yeah, well, he hasn't proven yeah, he has exactly. in the past. So <laughs> that's why I'm not jumping on yeah. him. Uh, because you find these guys who en- end up getting named start and you're like, oh, he's starting, he's cheap, I've got to get him. Mm. But they end up being worse than the guys who aren't starting straight away and end up getting a starting position yeah, eventually. Right. So I think these are the guys you kind of got to avoid. Um, one more I do have, Maverick Geyer. Yeah, so I just – when he starts – Get to go then. Is he someone you plug into your side as the sixth I second rower? I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't don't, do don't it know early. when he's going to get his go. I, yeah, he. I can't. He He'll get it. a go at least over Origin. Yeah, so it's just a bit long to sort of just hold that, have a place holding spot when you've got other guys. I'm struggling to fit. You know, all these names in. Um, you might find that you want to. You know, borrow 150k off one of your 350 options. To put to upgrade yeah. one of your hookers to Harry Grant instead of a Robson or something like that and talk yourself into it, but I'd say try get the balance and have all. And also, it's so handy all get, getting value out of all these mid ranges and then downgrading to a guy like Maverick Guy when he does play, mm. and then cashing in. Then, yeah. like I think the op. Uh, 
the the argument for going some of these cheapies early, I don't like because I, I like being able to cash them out when certain players max out in value. So um, I think you've got to capitalize on your cap straight away. Uh, it is a long season. There is more trades, 46 trades compared to 43. I think there's three more trades. I think it's interesting. It, it is. Does anything change or they just nothing's changed? I think they just amended it because I just, think that was okay. I ran out of trades with about four or five weeks ago, but I know I went pretty ham, and there was people that had sleeves up there. So up this yeah, so did I. So then you got to sort of readjust and start questioning. We could probably go a little bit not as conservative, but yeah. still be conservative. I remember I saved trades two weeks in a row before, during Magic. Um, it was about Magic Round uh, weekend, and I saved. I didn't spend a trade two weeks in a row, and I was still gone by the end of the season. Mm. And I, I'd saved a trade early on as well. So I think. Yeah, so I guess if I had three more, I probably would have just run out. Yeah. One or two weeks earlier than yeah. the five weeks. Exactly. Yeah, so if still got to save them up. Yeah. If I did what I did. I would have had just a couple more trades at the end of the season. Well, that's a good thing. Maybe with the extra 46 trades there, other people's mentality might be like, oh, just trade, just trade, go ham, and that might help us in the back run if yeah. we just be, um, I be think, patient. I think also it kind of helps us as well as podcasts and content creators, keeps people engaged just a bit longer. Mm. Um, so who are your top three in no particular order? Um, or you can go in order if you like. No, I haven't got a particular order, so I'll just block them together. I reckon it'd be um, Sean Lane, Curran, and um, I'm going to go Bo Fermore. Top three? Yeah, I like Bo Fermore. I'm going to go Sil Wong, mm-hmm. Sean Lane, and Brendan Piercura. Piacor is not even in your side. How are you putting him in the top three? Yeah, over Curran. Yeah, I, I don't Doesn't know. Make any I, sense? I just feel like, but with with um, uh, Sua Wong, I'd probably have him my in my top three too. But just on the fact that I don't know if he's even going to be yeah. in that starting side, it just at this point, I yeah, I th- can't leave me out. I actually think Brandon Piacor is number one in my opinion. So he's in your side now. Stay tuned, right. stay tuned, <laughs> stay tuned. All right, um, cheers for tuning in, guys. Uh, the uh, the listens and engagement has been really good. January, it's been a massive January. Um, Jake and Mikey are obviously not here. We would have loved to have Mikey on for the Magic Middies, but we have plans for them this season. Um, potentially, there's going to be another show so they can get involved throughout the season. So stay tuned for that. Probably a, a um, wrap-up, was that right? Yeah, Sunday wrap-up or like a Monday wrap-up type of show where they can kind of talk about the week coming up as well a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's going to be incorporated somehow just so they can get on the show because coming... Yeah, work hours don't facilitate getting here, so... Yeah, uh, we, we record in the city which is quite soon after we finish work. So it is quite a commitment for them to come out. Uh, we do want them to be involved, so we're going to create another show for them pretty much or another segment on the platform. And Hadzel Pokey's head in through the season as well. Yeah, hopefully we can get Hads on. I thought he was no chance, but um, seems like he's a chance and, and he loves his super coach too. So um, hopefully he gets a few Sheffield Shield games. Uh, but, yeah, as I said, the listens have been great and 
we want to get Mikey and Jake involved a lot more. Um, but also, that being said, it's just us two coming into the city quite often. Um, Hads will be in and out. We may be looking at recruiting somebody else. So if you are interested and you've got a bit of a resume going. You do this every year. Yeah, I do it every year. But we don't we don't want someone on board who's not going to vibe with us. So we'll definitely get a vibe of you guys. Um, email the supercoachexperience at gmail.com with your uh, – if you've got any any sort of media experience, not, not just like not professional media experience, but if you do your own podcast or whatever, um, we'd love to – just have an extra hand sometimes here and there. News to me, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cheers for tuning in and we'll see you on Thursday.